Greetings. Welcome to Space Court. So we can all see the chart, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You've got beans, and we're doing beans chart. <laughs> <laughs> and this is to honor, you know, the Sagittarius season. We've got a Sagittarius rising in the house. I think this is actually really fun, say, because I feel like the last time that we did a natal chart reading with the actual person there and present beside mm-hmm. you and me, like you and I have done natal charts, but yeah, that is so was true. Foxton, and he was oh a Sagittarius. Oh my god, that's really cool. So there's something about the Sag season and getting like live on the line natal chart readings done. Space cord, space cord. Space cord. We invite you to join us as we explore the natal chart of a Sagittarius rising. Your hostess on this voyage is Rachel Cancer Sun Cancer Moon Gemini Rising This is not Say's first dog and pony show, but as I understand it, Beans, this is your first natal chart reading. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Say kind of has her her system of going through the natal chart, but I remember Mm -hmm. one of your primary questions was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why the fuck am I here? Yeah. Very excited. So thankful for both of you. I can't wait to see what's uncovered. Yay. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's find the sun in her chart in her eighth house. We would like to introduce you to astrologer. Say Pitton. Cancer sun. Capricorn moon. Virgo rising. Sun in the eighth house tells me why you would ask that question. Like, why am I here? And more importantly, like, why the fuck am I here? Like, it's like very like emphasized, you know, like you really passionately need to know what the truth is. (laughs) And like, you have to like get to the bottom of like life. And it's because the eighth house is all about that. And especially with your son, which is your soul, it's like who you are here to totally fulfill It's like every cell of your being is growing to become like this Leo, Leo archetype. Leo, which is like the lion. It's like the parental figure. He's like the brave leader. So having your soul here, you're like, you're always going to be driven by this need to know the truth. As you can see, your sun and your mercury are exactly conjunct at 19 degrees. Like they're both at 19 degrees, which means that, yeah, like your soul and like how you think and how you talk, like how you communicate is going, it's like operating as one entity. It's like these two planets have merged and like they're operating as one planet almost. Like so they've combined to become this one entity that has these two capabilities or characteristics or like these two parts of your life. One's your soul, one's your brain, let's say. And so 
having those two planets in your eighth house, it's like your heart, because Leo rules the heart chakra. It's like your heart and your brain are working together, not just to find out like what your purpose is, but you're, you're probably always like thinking about what the truth is in everything. Does Can't that confirm. resonate? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. What's really cool is that see how they're being squared by Pluto? Yes. Mm -hmm. There, Pluto right there. Your Pluto's in Scorpio, which rules the eighth house. Pluto rules the eighth house. You don't have any time for superficiality. Um, You have to like cut straight to the truth. But you're like, you're patient about it. Like, you don't have to like get there immediately. But like, I think your heart and your brain are like in the depths. Like, you're always wanting to go to the depths. And you're not scared of like the dark side. You're not scared of that at all. Because that's kind of where you already are. That's like where your thinking already goes. Like, Scorpio is very like cutting you know, like he has the little like pincers. Oh, and even more than that, he has his little like poisonous arrow tail. And with that thing, he'll like attack and like, just like out of nowhere, he'll be like, bam, and like sting you and like get really deep and just like open you up. It's because Scorpio is ruled by Pluto and Pluto is power. So like that brings like this element of like, you know that you are very powerful like you have a lot of influence over other people and you have you might be aware of this yourself that you have this like powerful presence but because it's a square aspect i think that you struggle with letting that part of you show maybe because you don't want to come across as like intimidating like you don't want to scare people but like the people around you can sense how powerful you are does that make sense yeah that makes sense i just it's yeah okay yeah continue (laughs) okay i'm I'm processing (laughs) yeah um and feel free to stop me at any point if something's not making sense or if you don't agree like feel free to just let me know because there can always be like this is just my interpretation like another Mm -hmm. soldier can look at it and like tell you something else because they see it in a different way Mm -hmm. it's like we're like looking at this like glass you know those like glass balls i don't know i don't know why i'm thinking of like a glass like crystal just like a sphere right and (laughs) like and because it's a sphere there's an infinite number of angles to look at it from you know what i mean so this is just like my way of looking at it so that's like your sun and mercury in the eighth house But, you know, I think you might not always be, like, so serious like that because it is in Leo. And Leo is very warm and they're ruled by the sun. So, like, I think you might come across as, like, very confident and very comfortable in your own skin. Maybe not at first. Maybe not at first. Like, maybe you're, like, more quiet at first or shy even. But, like, when people get to know you, really who you are, you're actually, like, really warm and, like, you're super fun to be around. And you can be very, like, like, I think self-expression is huge for you because your sun and Mercury are conjunct. Like, I think you're probably, like, really great at 
talking. Yeah, I think that bitch is really good at talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is why. So when I first met Beans, I met her at Mount Farm. And mm-hmm. when she was talking on the mountain, we hiked up the mountain. Say knows the mountain too. I met Say on Mount also, Beans. Oh, right so on. There's a, there's a mutual connection here. But we hiked the mountain behind Mount for the new moon. And bitch was talking all about the moon. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want you on space court. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Having this like dominant eighth house placement and like being squared by like your Pluto and Scorpio and all that. Yeah, you can't help but like seek, like you're a seeker, you're a truth seeker. You're also a Sagittarius rising and Sagittarius is all about the truth. And you also have Venus in the ninth house and like Venus in ninth house indicates like you love... You, you might love to talk about the meaning of life. Like maybe when you were younger, maybe you, you, you used to love getting high with your friends and just like discussing deeply about like the meaning of life or like philosophers and just like contemplating like what everything meant, like sharing what everybody feels about like how deep life can be or like you probably enjoy that. Like you probably enjoy pursuing like higher knowledge. Like I don't, like I think that you're not satisfied with talking about like really superficial mundane things. Oh, this is what I'm going to do today. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is like what the Kardashians are up to now. Blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, this is the latest on like gossip about our friends. Like you don't care about that. Like you care about like bigger things and like going to foreign places maybe and like seeking like foreign cultures and like exploring like different religions from around the world or like be a little bit of a sociologist where you like enjoy studying about like other countries and their little like colloquialisms like these micro cultures and like different places of the world or um Venus in the ninth house can also indicate that you have a weakness for foreign accents (laughs) <laughs> what does the laughter mean what does the laughter mean beans just, this is getting spooky <laughs> <laughs> we would like to introduce you to beans leo sun scorpio moon sagittarius rising like, it would be one thing if this were, like, like a really close friend of mine reading my chart. It'd be like, yeah, that's accurate, but you know me, you know? But, like, I've never met you before, and I feel like <laughs> yeah. you're, like, pegging me, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but what's the accent? What's the accent? Really oh, the accent. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny that we talk about accents, because, like, I don't know if I would say, like, I, I feel very passionately, I guess, about accents in the sense that, like, I definitely have accents that I fucking hate, that I cannot stand. <laughs> like, don't, don't talk to me like this. <laughs> Which is really terrible, actually. But, I mean, I, I don't, I would have to think about, about the accent part. Um, that is a form of know. passion, ironically. I mean, you think... right. Right, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, like to to have a strong aversion, whether it's pleasing or completely putting you off, like that is a strong position to have on something. You know, mm-hmm. so that is passion, whether it's for the better or for the worse. Yeah, well, yeah. definitely, I can say that I really love speaking in, in different accents. I love impersonating <laughs> different accents. I do that all the time. Like, 
I, I love them. I think my favorite one to fuck around in is a really Southern country hick accent. So I was, I have, I'm in an acting class right now and we had to do monologues, oh, cool. right? Oh, it's so much fun, dude. Anyway, yeah. So that's, that's funny that you say that. That's my thing. I don't really like, I'm not like more or less attracted to somebody based off of their accent, but I definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> love playing around in them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think self-expression and speaking is going to be a lifelong, like strong attribute of yours. Like that's definitely a gift, especially like when it's an exact conjunction like that. Like that's not like a common thing at all. You can have personal planets that are conjunct, but they might be like three degrees apart, you know? But Mm -hmm. like your sun and Mercury are both at exactly 19 degrees. Like that's, that doesn't happen every day. Think of it as like a gift that you were given kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. there's no doubt in that. So like expressing myself through speaking. Yeah, exactly. Like verbally, orally, just, you know, it can be like singing. It can be like reciting poetry. It can be, yeah, like I can totally, I mean, Leo is like the stage performer. Like Leo is all about being in the spotlight. So yeah, I love that you're taking an acting class. Like that's so... That's so (laughs) you. Like, this is so, like, what your natal chart is saying. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, I mean, expression, Mercury associated with communication, Mercury associated with the brain. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides verbal expression, there's so many different ways to express the self, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So does that also encompass that or because it's Mercury specific? Definitely. Okay. Yeah. If you don't feel as strong speaking, like you could, it can indicate that you're a really strong writer, but because Mm. it's Mercury, it does have to do with communication or like Mm. because it's in the eighth house and Mercury is the brain, maybe it also has to do with how strong you are at extracting information or like extracting secrets from like people or situations Mm. because it's in the eighth house. But because it's Leo, like it has to be fun for you because like Leo is very fun. It's like the ruler of the fifth house. The fifth house is play. Like I think you're a very playful person. It's funny. It's like there's this element of like seriousness, but there's also this element of like playfulness, which they're like kind of like contrasting. Yeah, I feel that way. I feel very contradictory in myself because <laughs> mm. I, I do feel like I'm a very serious person and it kind of bugs me, but then I feel like I'm too silly sometimes. And like, <laughs> I like, well, I go through phases where like I take everything way too seriously and I make everything a joke yeah. and they kind of, sometimes they happen at the same time. And that, let me tell you, that is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> But it's interesting that you were saying that, like, I uh, the extracting information thing that definitely resonates with me. Um, I can mm-hmm. I can actually recall several times where I've been at like parties and talking to people that I don't know, or like small get-togethers or whatever, and talking to mm-hmm. people that I don't know at all. And mm-hmm. within like two minutes, they're telling me all this personal stuff about their lives, and I'm just sitting there listening. Wow. And then they're done, and they're like, "I don't know why I told you all of that." And I'm like, "Well, I'm not gonna tell anyone." So. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll probably never see you again. And so that's cool. I mean, you probably just had to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Another thing about the eighth house and other people, because the eighth house is the house of like other people, but it's like what other people 
share with you. And it's usually things of value like money. So like maybe throughout your life, you might notice a pattern of people sharing their resources with you, whether it's like maybe maybe you've had friends that put you up for a while, or maybe like your friends have like given you a job or like asked you for your help in managing their business or managing their money or something like that. Or like Mm -hmm. um, something that has to do with their resources. Like maybe people have shared with you, like that, that might be a recurring theme. Mm. I mean, that's happening right now. in like the most important way, there's actually somebody that's like, that has a a home studio and Mm. um, I study studio art. at the university here we you know like with everything going on right now we don't really have open resources all the time Uh so this individual has a home studio and he's just been so welcoming and so giving and just like it's honestly it's blown my mind how he's just like yeah come anytime use all my stuff use this use this use this come over here I'll do this I'll fire this for you oh my god dude I'm just like it's so much and it's so open that I'm partially like weary about it Mm. but there's nothing indicating that I shouldn't trust it it's just so uncommon that I'm like what's happening (laughs) you know like yeah should I be like is this like one of those like you don't get anything like nothing comes free kind of situations or am I just really lucky right now you know it's just like that's awesome I would yeah I would just be in like reception mode and just just keep receiving I think you're like kind of built to receive and like this is gonna be a recurring thing like uh-huh. for the rest of your life. Whoa. Yeah. You just attract situations like that. And it's mm-hmm. not even like you're doing it intentionally. It's not like you're trying to make things like that happen. It just it's just gonna happen for you. Cause it's wow. the eighth house. Yeah. That is unfortunate. <laughs> I'm just so <laughs> grateful for that. All right. So let's move out of the eighth house and let's move over to the tenth house where your moon is. And so 10th house is also, this is like the career zone. Is that right? Yes. And it's also your, your public self. It's like your public reputation. And it's like, it's like who you are when you're on stage, either figuratively or literally, which in Beans's case, like it's both because right now she's in this acting class and she's really like probably letting her moon shine because it's in the 10th house. And the 10th house is the part of ourselves that is seen by the public. So not like, it's not when you're at home. It's not like when you're hanging out with your best friend at a coffee shop. It's like everybody else in the coffee shop and what, how they see you. Or it's like who you are at work and it's how your coworkers affiliate with you. Um, Tenth house is also traditionally the house of the father, but in modern astrology, people are now saying that it's the house of the mother. And this is kind of like getting into like the weeds of it. But the tenth house is like our public self, right? It's like the part of ourselves that we can't hide. It's like out there in the world. It's like exposed. It's on stage. For most of us, uh, the mother is probably the more like active parent. Whereas like, you know, like, you know, in a traditional sense where like the mom is kind of like 
around a bit more, whereas the dad is like at work, so therefore we don't see him as much. Or it's like traditionally, maybe some of us are just, we just have more like more of a direct connection to the mother, whereas like the dad is like, you know, maybe the person we go to after we go to our mom kind of thing. Like that's why modern astrologers are saying the 10th house is the mom and the fourth house is the dad because the the fourth house is like hidden. It's like not public facing. It's, it's our, it's the private self. Mm. Yeah. So I am, I consider myself, like I have studied more modern astrology than ancient astrology. So I look at the 10th house as the house of the mother. So Mm. in Beans's chart here, we have moon, which is her mother in the 10th house. Um, It's conjunct Jupiter, which in traditional astrology, this is like one of the best aspects that you can have. Jupiter and moon like love being together because Jupiter is very elated and it's like super like enthusiastic about life and it just wants to like expand and like it's having that effect on your moon, which is like your emotional body. It's like your feelings. It's your inner self. So it indicates that you are a generally like hopeful person like you have a lot of hope like I feel like generally you look at life like the glass is half full rather than half empty however (laughs) in contrast like it is in Scorpio and moon is said to be in fall when it's in Scorpio only because (laughs) (laughs) only because like only because moon loves to be in Taurus it's an exaltation in Taurus because Taurus is like pleasure and beauty and comforts and like food and sex and like just all of our like primal needs being fulfilled and because it's in the opposite sign of that which is in Scorpio which just means that moon doesn't feel comfortable at all being in Scorpio Mm. and it just indicates that having your emotional body in this sign that is known for being volatile and deep and being ruled by the god of hell like that's literally who pluto is he's the god of the underworld so when you have a scorpio moon i think these certain things are highlighted for you your mother or whoever played the mother role in your life, your Mm -hmm. career, your public reputation, your worldly successes, like basically like all of your life achievements or like accomplishments, growth, like as a person, transformation, who you used to be versus who you are now. And that is a direct result of the effort you put into changing yourself because who you used to be was giving you pain. And that pain got to the point where it was enough. And you were like, I'm going to change in whatever way. So it like that kind of a transformation, Mm -hmm. Um, death and rebirth, um, shamanism. So like you are probably psychic. I think that you have the ability to meet someone for the first time. You you don't know them at all, but you can immediately tell if they're authentic or not, or if they have ulterior motives or not, or like you can probably tell their essence as like a as a soul like I think you're psychic like that whether you know it or not but ever since you were a small child 
I think you've always been psychic and traumas and crisis because Scorpio rules trauma and crisis. And the moon is your mother, but it's also your early childhood. So your childhood, during your early childhood, you could have experienced trauma, you could have experienced crisis, and they could have been a direct result of your mom. Like maybe she was very scorpionic herself, like like a very deep person with like a definite shadow side that you've experienced in some way or another. Or maybe there were a lot of secrets in your early childhood or in, your mom had secrets or your family had secrets. Or it, not that your mom had secrets, but like she had to maybe deal with other people's secrets or something like that. Like there were some crises maybe in your early childhood that had to do with that. And all of those things made you become a really strong person. So Scorpio moon people, like if someone just met you and they've known you maybe like for like two months, so not that long, they might not think that you're like an emotional person. But like if someone's known you for like 10 years, it's not even about you being emotional. It's like they know that you've felt a lot of pain. Like you've survived, you've been through really painful shit and you've survived a lot of things and because of that you have become like really strong like you you're really strong like you don't get scared by small things because i think you've seen a lot i think you've like experienced a lot emotionally like on an emotional personal level deep level and because it's like the moon and it's in the 10th house of the mother i think your mom means a lot to you in like a huge way like i think she might have influenced you in a big way or maybe your relationship with your mom has kind of like shaped your life in some ways but it could also mean that like maybe because of how she was maybe there could have been like a rivalry that you had with your mom, like just like a sense of rivalry, or it might not mean any of those things. It might mean that because it's the 10th house of like your public self, it might mean that you just really care a lot about your public reputation. And therefore you go out into the world and you might show that nurturing side of yourself when you're in public, like kind of when you're out and about or like when you're at work, like you might come across as like a nurturing type of person or you could be seeking that type of nurturance from other people at your workplace or like when you're out in public. Or maybe there could be a sense of like you seek nurturance from those around you. I'm not saying like from people in your family or like your close friends, but it's, it's more like when you're like out in the world, just like the everyday people that you see here and there. I think you either come across as nurturing or you look for that nurturance or it's like this balance of both things. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. My mom is actually the most important person in my life. So mm. that's insane. I'm really, I'm like stupid close to my mom. Um, I, you know, when I was growing up, I, I don't think that I was ever like a really bad or a disrespectful kid. Mm. Um, my brother and I were both pretty good kids. And like my mom 
just had this idea that we were like, cause we, you know, we had hormones and shit when we were going through puberty mm-hmm. and she thought we were like terrible kids until she like would talk to some of her friends and they'd be like, yeah, my daughter called me a bitch and slammed the door in her face. And my mom was like, wait a minute, like, my kids don't do that. <laughs> Hold on. They're not that bad. You know, yeah. I did have attitude, but I definitely went through like a period of like my teen years where like my mom has always been there and, and given me what I needed. She's always been nurturing, always been loving, always been a great mom. But mm-hmm. I know that she definitely didn't like me for a couple of years, you know, mm-hmm. as you were talking about like childhood traumas and stuff, I was like thinking back I've had like my tarot read. I've had like, I've seen psychics and stuff like that before. And like, they all say something about this childhood trauma. And I'm just like, what childhood trauma? Like I was like, so honestly, like I I was very, very fortunate. I, you know, I had parents that loved me that provided everything they could for me that always, like I never went without, you know, like my basic needs. Of course, you know, like money had been tight at certain times, but I never like went without food as a kid or anything like that, you know? Mm. And I'm just like, and I, I don't recall any type of abuse mm-hmm. at all, you know? I mean, my parents were definitely like really strict with me mm-hmm. until I left the house at like 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was no, you know, so I was just like, what is that? What is this like uncovered abuse? Am I like not, you know, I'm not, mm. but trauma in a sense of things not being what I thought they were. And that's probably also due to like how strict they were with me when I was growing up because my parents like never wanted to ever make mistakes in front of me. So when I would make mistakes, I would feel really, really, really shitty. So maybe that could be it, I guess. Yeah. I think it's it's really interesting. This idea of trauma as being equal to abuse or like Mm -hmm. trauma as always I don't know, being related to some form of abuse. Like, I don't look at trauma as that. Maybe like astrology has taught me to think in this way, but like in astrology, like abuse would actually be more indicated by like Mars, Chiron, Aries, square types of aspects. But Mm -hmm. Scorpio can be associated with abuse, but it's more like trauma in the sense that like, it has more to do with pain, I think. I really associate Scorpio with pain because it's more emotional rather than like receiving or or like causing abuse. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that like physical, it's not like violence. It's more like it, it has more to do with the emotions because Scorpio is a water sign. And in this case, it's your moon as well. So from what I can see, I was thinking maybe it's more like emotional pain, like, and Scorpio is Pluto or ruled by Pluto. And that means it's like the depths. So trauma in the sense that I think you have endured some really just deep stuff and maybe it was so painful that and you've already like overcome it so like maybe it somehow just got erased from your memory because it doesn't necessarily have to be remembered exactly you know it was just something that you had to survive to become who you are today and therefore like you don't have to like hold on to it but I think there has been this element of like surviving pain for you in your early mm-hmm. childhood. Scorpio can also be like, you're just super psychic. You're just very intuitive. You have like a sixth sense about things. 
and you just feel very deeply like you're all or nothing. That's why I was thinking like the moon represents your mother. So maybe your mom is like has those characteristics too. Like maybe she's a very deep person. Maybe maybe she has been very cutting because like Scorpio doesn't like dance around the truth. It doesn't try to like euphemize things. It doesn't try to candy coat things. It just wants the truth because that's what really matters. And so I was thinking maybe you have that side of you. I mean, we already talked about that with your son and Mercury being in the eighth house, but yeah. yeah. And Scorpio is also the shaman. So you might also have this like strong ability to heal people emotionally, like walk people through their emotional pain because you've walked through that like fire before. So Mm -hmm. you're able to like hold space for others when they're suffering and you might have this ability to like touch people in a way that you're making them feel really seen for who they are in a safe way because like moon is nurturing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like it makes me think like you don't have shallow friendships. Like I think your friendships are very deep. Yeah, I would agree. Hmm. I would wonder with regards to what you're talking with the trauma and Scorpio specific being kind of more emotional, like Mm. all I keep thinking of is birth, (laughs) straight up birth. Like in my mind, beans, that was it. And especially because it's so associated with the mother, what pain is endured by the mother and the child, childbirth is happening. Like, yeah, I don't know that there's any greater pain there, folks. And I mean, oh my God. Course, yeah, we don't remember it, you know, mm-hmm. like we can try to do oh ceremonies and we can do these. But in my mind, if someone can actually hold parts of themselves within that pain or like use that to their ability in life, like that to me would be like Scorpio moon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's so wild. Mm. I've come across people that, you know, they had the umbilical cord wrapped around their neck. You know, they hear of their birth stories and it's like, whoa, there was clearly something going on in the womb at that time, you know? And that's not always the case, but just birth in general without any of the like, you know. Dude, my mom tells me my birth story every single birthday. Really? Every single birthday. Yeah, she goes through the hours. She'll be like, whoa. she'll be like 10 centimeters dilated. Your big square <laughs> head's coming out in an hour. <laughs> like. <laughs> Every birthday, she goes through the whole, like, I think she was in labor for, it was either nine hours or 19 hours. Wow. There's a big difference, Beans. (laughs) I know. There's a nine in there, bro. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And and I wasn't, I mean, I think I was like six pounds, seven ounces or something. So I wasn't huge. I think pretty average size for a baby, right? Mm. No no real complications like a cord around my neck or coming out sideways or anything insane, sure. <laughs> but definitely um, just a gigantic square head, you know? Well, that's got to be painful. That's gotta <laughs> that was be painful. traumatic for all of us. A square through a circle is, is painful. Oh, yeah. Right? It's not right. It's not right. <laughs> I distinctly remember my, my plates and my head shifting over one another to come out. That has to oh be my severe God. pain. I'm just that kidding. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it now. <laughs> All right. Well, we're coming up on the end of time, but okay. I know you had a question about nodes, beans. Say, do you? Oh yeah. 
Um, so, okay. So I don't really know a whole lot about nodes. I have like a general understanding of like the North node being where in life, like where we're being directed towards and the South node being like where we're coming from. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's correct. Could yeah, you give me some no, more that information correct, about that? For sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Rachel, if you could like point to the, the sun and notice the degree is at 19 in mm-hmm. Leo. And then if you can find the North node, North. which is Scorpio. In Scorpio. And oh, notice the degree there. 19. And, yeah. So hey, yo. <laughs> your sun is exactly squaring the nodes. So you would be somebody who is asking about the nodes because (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting. They say that people whose sun square the nodes are people who are really aware of this aspect's influence on their lives because just like you said, (laughs) yeah, well, so like, just like you said, the North node is where we're going. So that indicates that it's like the unknown because this is something we've never done before in past mm-hmm. lives. And the South node is the exact opposite. It's like, it's the familiar. It's like everything. It's like, we've already mastered what the South node represents. So for you, your South node is in Taurus in the fifth house. So Taurus South Node is somebody who's a master builder because Taurus is an earth sign and it's also money and possessions. So in your past lifetimes, or this could even like be true of like your early life as well, but perhaps you were like a very rich person in your past lives or like you were always well off in terms of like finances or you were a farmer or a builder, like you worked with the earth and like you yielded literally the fruits of the earth because that's Taurus. Taurus is like, it's an earth sign. It's like, it's our possessions. It's our like income. And so, but Taurus is also ruled by Venus, which is like, again, money, but it's also like luxuries and like beauty and pleasure. And it's like the, the types of food that we love. So like, In past lives, I think you were super, you've always been like well off and you know how to like make money for yourself. You're really good at indulging in like good food and um, yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and you also know what good quality things are like good quality clothes, good quality body products, good quality, like everything in the fifth house, which is like play and self-expression and romance so you very well could have like already been like an actress or an actor many times in your past lives like I think you're already good at that you know how to be in the limelight you know how to like speak in front of an audience so you you've done that already you know how to do those things and then having your north node and Scorpio in the 11th house this time around you're getting pushed towards being really intense about your friendships and about the community that you choose to be a part of mm-hmm. and maybe about getting involved with an organization whose cause you really believe in. Now, with your son squaring your nodes, it means that who you are, so like in this case, you're Leo in the eighth house, who you are poses challenges on where you're going in this lifetime so for example and by that I mean like 
Okay, so your North Node is in Scorpio in the eleventh house, right? So you you want to get perhaps you want to be you want to have like really like deep friendships, or you want to be really deeply involved with like an organization. However, your Sun in Leo is too like individualistic, and because it's in the eighth house, it's like too serious. So maybe that gets in the way of you getting like really, really involved with like your friendships or like the community that you want to be a part of or something like that. It it's it has to do with like something about who you are in this lifetime is not in direct easy flow with with where you're going. Dude, I feel that. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, because I always catch, but like, I really want to be part of like the art community here. Mm. The, like, I want to get deeper friendships in, like, in also in the art community, but also, like, you know, outside mm. of it too. But mm-hmm. I think about it all the time, and I've been thinking about it heavy. I think I mentioned it to you, Rachel, a couple months ago mm-hmm. about how I keep getting in my own way because I just keep like my time <laughs> management is terrible. <laughs> I just like want to do what I want to do. I want to float around and like I take on all of these things. I want to like do everything. I want my hand in everything, and it keeps me from like being punctual or like I get in the way of my own opportunities sometimes. Yeah, and stop knowing me better that- than I do. <laughs> that's crazy I mean I'm glad it resonates but like just know that like it doesn't mean that like it's always going to be difficult so the square aspect means that there is so much resonance but like there's going to be external these like external factors that like get in the way and that causes enough dissatisfaction that it will like drive you so much to like make you even more ambitious like that's kind Mm. of what the square aspect does so like it's a challenge but it's also a good challenge it's the kind of challenge that lights a fire under your ass so like squares are actually they're the most productive it's like a very productive aspect because it like gets you to work like you're always going to be working for that oh i like that yeah Mm. wow Right. Well, that was been so mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but that was a ton. There's more. I can't believe that there's more. I mean, look at your chart. (laughs) We we touched like two houses. This is how it goes, though, right? Like, yeah. They you can attest to. It's a lifelong journey. This self exploration through this wonderful language that is astrology. We're in star school, and there's so much to learn. There's just so much. Oh, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, but I really appreciate, say, you always sharing your gift of translating the stars and making it accessible and being able to explain and give examples of what these crazy figures and lines mean. Yeah, that was fun. Thank you for letting yeah. me read your chart, Beans. I know I can get, like, really passionate and I start talking really, like, loud. So thanks for, like, bearing with me and for, like, being so into it. Because, like, I love, I love sharing astrology with the world. So thanks for the opportunity, you guys. Wow, dude. No, thank you so much. I really, I really, really appreciate you and you sharing that with, with me and being willing to do that as really enlightening and uh yeah it definitely it makes me want to dive a lot deeper so thank you so much yay thank you rachel for setting this up yeah 
to the Sag season. We didn't talk much about Sag, but you're a Sag rising, mm. so it's in there. And <laughs> I think with all it's of the there. with all the emphasis on the truth, I think that's a mega Sag theme. So I yeah. think I'm very honored in exploring this natal chart. Space cord, space cord. We encourage all beings to consider getting a natal chart or synastry reading from astrologer Say Pitton. We believe it is an extremely insightful tool for self-discovery. Thank you, Say, for sharing your gift with planet Earth. Sharing is daring. <laughs>